1: Directing traffic with Porter Jr. on the switch, two men to take the ball out of his hand, shot clock at three, there's a skip pass, O'Neal out of the corner, and there's the adjustment for the jab. Mitchell for three!
0: You're listening to
1: The Dig. What is up, Nuggets fans? Welcome to The Dig. I'm your host, Nick. Jeremy is here with me on this uh, Sambor occasion. Oh, jeez! Uh, not so much win over
0: any fans with that one.
1: <laughs> not Jokic's fault today, though. Um. Yeah, so I guess I got to put my broom away.
0: <laughs> yeah i I had one hand on the broom. To be fair. What's a what if what what if what is it called if
1: you win in five, gentleman sweep, is it? Yeah, you give them one. Okay, I like that. Like a baker's dozen.
0: Yeah, but with a little bit more Um, snazziness.
1: Yeah, Uh, I would have preferred the Nuggets not be gentlemen (laughs) in this series. I would have liked a a sound pounding of the Jazz.
0: To be honest. And it's the way that we lost that made me feel Ooh. like, you know, I felt like we had complete control of this, and now I don't feel like it. And I, I we're going to get into it a little bit more and how significant it is, but, you know, uh, like I still think we get the win here, but I think you and I both predicted um, four and one.
1: Uh, yeah, I officially went with uh, Nuggets and six.
0: Oh, you did? Okay. I went with nuggets in yeah, five. Yeah, but my kind of gut was def- always that I thought they'd win in five. Uh huh. Well, good thing that you had that other voice in your head speak because it's hard to imagine them with three straight victories after this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's probably even pretty likely to go seven at this point. Um, they seem pretty evenly matched. And I don't know what is causing that. If it's um, just some crazy. Hot shooting and standout perf- performances by uh, Donovan Mitchell, or if the the injuries in the backcourt are really getting to the Nuggets and they're just really struggling on defense to shut down the three point line. I, I, I'm sure there there's kind of a a range of things that are happening here that are making this series pretty close. But it does feel like now that we've seen this these teams play a few times, this is a pretty even matchup.
0: Well, it's it's kind of a hard. Predicament to be in as a Nuggets fan. We know that we're one of the worst teams in the NBA at um, protecting the three this season, and and so when a team like the Jazz just goes off from the three point line like this, like it's it's hard for us as fans to say, well, is this like a serious problem of ours, or was it just a hot night for the other team, and. How much, you know, how much do we give to either one of those? And and so that's where I kind of have my uneasiness coming from is I don't know, you know, which pill to swallow here.
1: I know I was having some really disturbing flashbacks from the Golden State series from uh, a number of years ago. You and I were at that at that game three um, where we really thought, you know, the Nuggets were. I don't know. They were even money in that series. Mm-hmm. I think this was right before Golden State started going on their championship runs. Uh, and we were at that that game three where Golden State just went off and they could not miss from three. And I don't remember how many three. Klay Thompson had like 11 threes and Steph Curry had like eight or something. And it was something stupid. And it was just it was that whole like kind of third into the early fourth quarter. Of that game, I remember that it was just three after three after three after three and they just did not miss and it just felt like how in the world do you guard this like, right, it doesn't matter who's shooting right now they're just swishing everything from distance and there's only, you know, <laughs> there's only so many ways to defend a pick and roll. Um, or an open, you know, it, it, you can't double team everybody who's about to shoot like it. There's just limited options you have on defense when everybody's hitting and. <laughs> The Nuggets faced that again tonight. It was just it was just uh, a parade of three-point shooting uh, like I haven't seen since then, I don't think.
0: Right, and it's those things where you're happy that these shots are being taken. You're like, yeah, that's the one we wanted to give them, and it goes in. Right. And then you see it happen again, and you go like, yes, that's the shot we wanted them to take. Oh, wait, that just went in. And Oh, you wait, know,
1: yeah, Royce,
0: oh, dude, right. three for four from three. <laughs> right. What? It, it, like... Yeah, I, I knew when, uh, when, when Ingles had eight points in, you know, the first, it was like the first jazz 11 points and Ingles had eight of them and it came off of two threes and, and a two. And both those threes were exactly what I was talking about, where it was, oh, good. I'm glad he took that shot. And then it went in and it's like, that's fine. <laughs> and then He takes it again. And it's like, well, all right, maybe we're going to deal with the hot Ingles tonight. And it just wound up spreading yeah. to all of their players.
1: We dealt with a hot every player on the Jazz tonight. Yeah. Their top five scores were 18 of 32 from three. That's 55%. Donovan Mitchell was six of seven. And Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles were both four of nine. That's like shooting around in a gym with no defenders.
0: Right. Kinds of averages. Yeah, you mentioned that like, when, when we were watching. And I thought that was a really fitting thing. It just felt like those things where it's a person who doesn't care with no pressure and no defense, just like tossing a ball up it's crazy to see which that is kind of interesting i wonder this you know the whole bubble thing is
1: totally new so i wonder if there's an element to this bubble that is kind of like playing in a gym like that sort of um i don't know it's a real distraction free sort of environment uh they're they're playing on the same court every game um you know, regardless of whether it's home or away or whatever, it's like there's no there's no travel involved. I mean, it's just kind of like a rhythm, almost sort of game that they might be getting into here that might really favor
0: shooters. I'm not sure. Possibly. I, I think that you head down a pretty like entangled path if you start to try and give real value to that, though, because um, several things could go the other way where guys get fueled by the energy around them and the crowd and the environment And, you know, they, they, and they feel the extra motivation to deliver. So I, it's, it's hard to kind of, you know, give value to the idea that being free of distraction is beneficial when on the other side of the coin, you could say, well, having extra motivation is beneficial. But, right. I mean, it's it's certainly a mind game like, yeah, like to wonder, all of us to consider how this bubble might be impacting players' performances. It does seem
1: like, and I, I haven't done research on this, so this is something I'm going to watch out for and I need to look into um, in the next couple of weeks. But just to see kind of overall like w- how shooting is going right now. like Because the Nuggets have shot really well from three. The Nuggets shot 48% from three tonight. Right. No, yeah, like, their offense was on good. On a normal... On a normal night,
0: that would be fantastic, right, but in the uh, bubble, yeah, maybe that's actually not good enough
1: maybe it's not, maybe it's not yeah the the um, narrative
0: floating around right now is that teams are playing bad defense, and you know that that's from that's from people watching all these games, so you know it's kind of hard to not trust them when I'm not watching all the games. But um it has more to do with teams not playing good defense than it does to do with guys just being, you know, hotter from from shooting.
1: Yeah, that is definitely possible. And it and that would make sense too, you know, coming back on after this long layoff. I think, you know, good team defense takes a lot of moving parts working together. It's kind of a more of a like an a well-oiled machine when it's going well. And that takes time. And they may have just simply not had enough time. To sort of build that again i mean unless you, you know you were already a great defensive team in the first place which the nuggets weren't so yeah it, it could be that there are a number of teams that are just really behind on defense and and they're feeling really comfortable in these gyms that they've been playing in every day and the shots are just falling right now we've seen a lot of really high scoring games and uh a lot of the teams that shoot a lot of three-pointers seem to be doing well right now and then you have some teams like the lakers Getting beat last night, really struggling. Their offense just looked busted. They don't have a bunch of shooters on that team, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I don't. I don't know. These are all. It's too early to tell. These are all kind of just little anecdotal bits of things that I'm just sort of throwing against the wall. Maybe something to watch
0: for. Right, and it's hard to really glean anything from this match and say that's the problem. Like I, I, it's. I'm just a little bit in shock right now. I don't even have anger for it. And I'm just waiting for the next game to roll through. Like that's reality. And this is the dream I need to wake up from. So that's where I'm at. I'm I'm there too. Yeah.
1: Well, on that note, then let's play a little, uh, burst my bubble. All right, Jeremy. (laughs) Burst my bubble. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Grant should start game three.
0: So people I doubt you will, but we had more questions. Uh we're down to three just because I saw this was the very first question, and I said, I don't know if we're gonna get past this one. (laughs) Uh, You and I have a a very long podcast brewing on (laughs) the future of the position of the four on the nuggets. To be honest, this goes back to well before the
1: the the break yeah we were our our episode we were planning on doing before the shutdown was to do kind of a deep dive into Millsap and sort of if, if his struggles were legit or if he was still adding a lot of value on defense um and how Grant was playing and stuff because I was starting to make an argument for Grant Grant was starting to uh I don't know a bunch of people were starting to get on the Grant bandwagon at that point point in back in March and you have always been a staunch Millsap supporter even from before he was a nugget. So we were, we were planning that episode. Yeah. Even before, before this, but now with everything that's happened in the bubble, we have even more,
0: (laughs) I think more of a sharp divide. And I will just say to anybody listening, um, (laughs) people who cover sports teams um, are just as um, maybe not even intentionally, but just as, I hate to use the word proud, as as any other person can be, and so I would say to anybody who is promoting a player, promoting a grant, or in my case, promoting a Millsap, like go back and, and see what they wrote about. If you somehow have the time, go back and see what they wrote about Grant when we got him, because I have a very strong feeling that they are trying to write up the narrative that Grant is the guy. If it just so happened that when we trade for him, they were writing huge things about him. You know, you, you, you want yourself to be right about these things. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not attributing um like deep narcissism about this and that people are like very intentionally trying to do it. I'm just saying, you know, you, you get a vibe and you roll with it. And and so I would just say if if you're reading or listening, like, oh, yeah, Grant, like, did this and and he should be doing this and blah, 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 blah. Like, very strong possibility that this same person was praising the trade for Grant and saying really good things about his future. And then. Yeah, I'm not going like, to deny
1: that, although I have to throw that back on you a little bit because. Right. You have been on Millsap for right. years right. thinking he was the absolute ideal fit next to Absolutely. and Absolutely. Right, absolutely, and, and so I, th- I think you have a bit of a bias here. You're not—I don't think you're accurately seeing what's happening in front of your eyes.
0: More, more than a bit, more than a bit. I wouldn't want people to think that I was unbiased at all in this situation. <laughs> um, Nor should we. But this is the day. What are we worried about? I was about unbiased takes. Let me throw an idea out there for a podcast. Um, yeah. For this, I kind of like the idea of approaching it from like a uh, a trial format. And and maybe we could get in, like, uh, a guest, at, you know, a few guests as, like, witnesses to um, to talk about just one point after another point. And you and I could kind of go to bat, like, one after the other. And we could have opening arguments. We could have closing arguments. Um, maybe throw in some so objections. So, like, Paul Millsap, you are on trial for terrible, terrible offensive production. How do you plead? This sort of thing? <laughs> I mean, not that exactly. But I think maybe Mil- <laughs> you have the idea. <laughs> <laughs> just an idea just kicking that out there something special you, have you ever uh listened to john hodgman no i don't know who
1: he is john hodgman's a great podcast uh so he has two people on who Well, john yes you do know who john hodgman is actually uh okay, he Googling. was the he was the nerdy pc guy in those pc and apple ads oh
0: sure 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah i have he's listened a to number his number of it's been
0: like four years five years since i have but Yeah. It was really good. It was really good. Big.
1: So yeah, big plug for the, the judge John Hodgman show. If you've never listened to it, it's fantastic. But he basically has on two average people, married couple roommates, just people that have some relationship who have some beef or disagreement that they just cannot resolve. And it's typically kind of mundane things. And he goes into an incredible detail and like elaborate, like uh, teasing out of all of the different like nuances of what causes that argument and, and, and uh, it, it, it's really funny, but then he always kind of has these like sort of profound takes on life at the end. So, yeah, yeah maybe so, we can do something like that, except that sounds hard. So and we also really struggle to do one podcast <laughs> on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think that wraps up, up to the first list. question of Grant should start game three on to the right. next question. Um, <laughs> no, OK. How about we just
1: do the next 30 minutes on all the podcasts we like? <laughs> yeah.
0: It would be more valuable than what we're about to say about Grant and Millsap. <laughs> I'm, I, I have – here's the thing. I have some um, – uh, oh, what's the phrase? What's the thing that two kids sign I did some sign oh. with Grant and Millsap going into this series. And I need to give a little background to, to get into it. So um, in this series – You know, you always hear about coaches having game plans and, and like the, I, the ideal situation is to be the team that sets the tempo and the pace and get the other team to play to you. That's that you hear that a lot. And, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes it comes down to which coach actually has the better game plan. Um you know, there's such a struggle to execute the game plan. Sometimes both teams execute the game plan. It comes down to, well, which one had the better game plan. And in our, in this scenario between the nuggets and the jazz, it just so happens that the four is not really a part of either team's game plan. In on our side, we have Paul Millsap who is at best the fourth shooting option and on the jazz um, before uh, Bogdanovich went out, uh, Royce O'Neill was there for and and played really no role offensively. So in neither case were you going to have an offense that was pushing a uh, a game plan that involved heavy usage of the four on offense in any it assists, uh, you know, facilitating or anything like that. Other than maybe saying some pick and rolls, some blocks. Gain in position to fight for some rebounds and scrap for some plays and then get back on D that's, that's about the extent of it. So I wasn't high on Millsap's role in this series. And I had even started coming around to the idea that Grant would actually play um, more effective minutes on our team because he does bring some really, really good offense. And, and to have him as, as an option out there seemed better to me than, then trying to see what Millsap can really bring on defense is what he would be doing. Um, We're not really worried about guys, like, more than other teams, not really worried about guys cutting on the inside. Like, you know, what what do they do? They've got Donovan Mitchell, and they had Bogdanovich as a secondary guy, and their third guy on offense is Rudy Gobert. So he's gonna bang on the board. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, yeah. But he well, he was their sixth man. Um, and yes, yeah. at this point he's a starter, but you know, he's he is more of that facilitator kind of situation. Um, he's a facilitator who can who can hit some threes, um, not at a high pace or or a high efficiency, but not a bad one either. But he didn't really factor into like a strong um he's not who they re- game plan offense with um strongly. And, and so it, it, I, I, I thought there actually in this situation, isn't really much that Millsap has to offer um, offensively or even really defensively. And, and oh, you're so, so
1: close, you're so close. Just keep going. Just keep going. So I
0: bought, so I was kind of starting to buy into Grant being out there because at least he's going to be able to bring some, some extra offense that, um, that Millsap probably wouldn't be bringing. Um. <laughs> but I I just no. by the end of this game, I was so sick of seeing Jazz step all over our paint without without any sort of um interference whatsoever. And at one point I I was texting you at one point Jokic turned over turned to Grant and said, What the hell? Because Grant just stood out there at the three-point line instead of covering the, the inside lane and lane, Donovan Mitchell drive to the hoop. And I saw so much of that. Now, granted, I'm not saying this out of, oh, the game would have, you know, we would have won the game if Millsap was in and not Grant. The game was far lost at that point. But just viscerally and visually, it was it was really hard. I think it was the end of the third. I think it was the end of the third into the fourth where they pretty much had their starting unit out and they had Grant out there and they had Grant at the four. Early on, they had Millsap and Grant in. That was in the first half. And so Grant was more of at the three. But um, in this case, he was at the four. His responsibility was to protect that open area because Jokic, Jokic plays it high because that's the way things have been since Millsap, um, Millsap's second season. And, and it was just open, free range. And it was just like, you know, skipping down the yellow brick road for the Jazz. They got anything that they wanted on the inside.
1: Okay. Yeah, but Go it ahead. sounds like you're blaming Grant for that. Which well, they were doing that in the first quarter against Millsap. No, they
0: know. weren't. No, absolutely not. Yeah, they were. No, absolutely no, they absolutely not. were. No, they absolutely they were not. Were. The first five
1: possessions were atrocious by Millsap. We no, got- they <laughs> weren't.
0: No, oh, we're going to go yes, through they that were. because I, listeners, <laughs> because I brought this up that the first five possessions by Millsap were gorgeous. It was exactly no. what he does to impact a play that doesn't make it onto a stat sheet. He oh, was my he was blocking lanes. He caused turnovers that he's not going to get a steal for uh but but he yeah was, he
1: caused his own turnovers he I, had two turnovers in the first five possessions
0: okay so so now we're talking about and offense then he, <laughs> because i of thought we were yeah, talking well, about defense
1: yeah no we are talking about we're talking about his overall play and, okay because yeah, i thought we were talking about his defense. his defense now you're you told me that in the I, I was a little behind you in the game and you texted me that Millsap looked great because he slid over to cover on a pick and roll to block the lane and then he had a steal what you failed to point out to me or report is that he then proceeded to bring the ball down the court and fumble it out of bounds yeah and then on the very next play he got totally burned on defense he was totally laid on a closeout and it led to a three pointer by a jazz player and then on the next possession down on offense, he threw a pass about five feet over Michael Porter Jr.'s head.
0: Yeah, I remember that. So that's so not I a don't great re- stretch. I don't remember. I don't know
1: why you would be I don't remember high that. on Millsap after that stretch. I don't remember the that field to close got, out. Yeah, he was totally slow on the closeout. Mm-hmm. That's the, see, this is the problem with Millsap. He might be in the right like place all the time. Uh, he might, you know, he's He's fundamentally sound, obviously. He knows where he's supposed to be. He just doesn't have the body to be there anymore. He can't get there in time. He can't chase anybody down. Right, right. He can't close out at the three point line. You're right. So, what do we do? So, (laughs) yeah. So, well, so here, the benefit with Grant is at least, and I'm not saying Grant is a great defensive player, I think he's a very serviceable defensive player. And the benefit of Grant is that he has the athleticism to be able to switch on everything because he can guard basically all five positions. Right. I mean, I saw there were a couple of times in this game where he was guarding. Donovan uh, Mitchell, he, where he, he was guarding de- Jordan Clarkson, where he was staying in front of him. I mean, yeah, no, maybe he doesn't. He no. didn't stop them. He got no, eaten was, alive he in the first game defense.
0: against Donovan Mitchell. Absolutely eaten alive. That that was embarrassing. No, he.
1: He did not get. Everybody got eaten alive by Donovan Mitchell in the first game. Yeah, it was not yeah. Jeremy Grant. That I got know. Eaten alive. I know.
0: Just because it's Donovan Mitchell scores a Mitchell. three on
1: Jeremy Grant, doesn't just mean don't that he's go getting saying he, he guards
0: himself. one to five. I'm I'm completely over that. He guards two to two to four, which is fantastic. No, he That's can more guard than Donovan Mitchell. That doesn't no, mean he's going
1: to keep him from scoring. But he can stay in front of him much more no, than he Millsap can. can. No,
0: no. Well, of course, yes, of course. Yeah.
1: Well so that's my point. Is so Millsap has a very limited group of guys on the floor at any given time that he's even capable of covering. And then he's too slow to make the the, the moves across the paint to close out to the three-point line. And so he's just not an elite defensive player anymore. But so and here's, if he's not an elite defensive player anymore, then no, his that's an absolute completely, black hole No, That's not and true trash at all. That's not true at all. Makes him
0: totally expendable. No, to it's me. it's like the the aging quarterback who loses arm strength but gains awareness and has better ball placement like yeah that's not an ideal situation to, to be in but he's at a point where he's still capable and and he's he's found ways to improve other aspects of his game where other aspects are falling off and that's completely true with Millsap. It, it, game a, is falling off six there, six
1: power but no no forward. So, okay he's he's always been undersized his literal his only skill is that he has quick hands at this
0: point no he can't jump he can't move. No not, no, not at all. He understands positioning and space and how I to know, play it. I know, but
1: he can't get there in time half the time. That's what, this is my, what no, I'm no, trying no, to no. say. But yeah, He's the on problem, the way to the, the, the right spot, Grant but he's can. not there. Is
0: with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. was blown on the play was he ran over to the corner because he has the athleticism to do it and then he's completely out of position completely out of position and you can't do that yep. when your entire defense you're the only team in the entire nba whose entire defense hinges around your center being able to play up and your four being able to guard the space behind him you can't you can't do that and so that it was just so visually disgusting to see this this second half of the game and grant let People just run all over the paint when they no. were not in the first half. I'm they were not, not in on the first Gra- half. You are putting they all were of it threes. on
1: Grant, and it's not all Grant's responsibility. No, this I'm is not. What I'm trying to say. No, I'm
0: saying People visually getting into it was the gross. Paint does
1: not mean Grant messed up on defense. I'm
0: saying it was gross visually. I'm not saying that we lost the second half because of Grant. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this happened five times, and it was. So gross for me to see it happen five times that, uh, yeah. And I will tell answer you your that question, Jonathan Mitchell
1: split a pick and roll and burned Millsap at least five times in the first half in the first game. No, just in the oh, first, in half. The first at game, least okay. Five times, yeah. I,
0: I, I, so I didn't watch as uh acutely as I should have the first half of the first game, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You didn't watch it at all, no? I, I did, but, I did just not, um, much. <laughs> That's okay. So, <laughs> I'm and bursting these are very your bubble. Awful, uh, these are
1: awful. Um
0: Yeah. So, are you bursting my bubble? <laughs> well, actually, no, no, no. no let me um, revise it. I want, I want create to start at the two. It's an interesting
1: idea. Yeah. Or, or even like I was kicking around having him start at the three and having Michael Porter Jr. start at the two.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess his, I'd be fine with either one.
1: Yeah. MPJ's a uh, willingness or ability to fight through screens is not elite. Right. But it did improve significantly in this game i mean i he got off to a slow start in the first quarter offensively a little bit but i think really that was because right. he was he really seemed determined on the defensive end he he realized after that first game like a i'm not staying on the court unless i play defense and b the the playoffs are a different animal you know he said that after the game he said i i just wasn't ready for how how much more intense the physicality and the and the defense was uh-huh. in in the playoffs and nobody can be ready for that until they experience it right especially if you uh, and, and actually games Malone was real high yeah exactly I mean, he's yeah right he's never played in like real games ever in his life um and Malone was actually real real high on him after that first game you know he i was expecting him to be a little more critical but he actually was really uh supportive of what he was able to do you know he thirteen and eight in three quarters that's not a bad showing for your first playoff game having no idea what you're doing and a guy that only played like half the season um so mpj really turned a corner i thought in this game i mean he was he was arguably their best player yeah in in game two and
0: second half i know there
1: was a lot of trash minutes and stuff but even when the game was still when they were trying to trying to push back like mpj was was hitting big shots and he was really competing on defense
0: right i completely agree with that he was the the one thing where it was like as much as this is a blowout if there's a single player who can bring it back, it's him. And it's because he really seemed um, undeterred from what the score was. He just settled into he knows what he does, and he was he was nailing it, and he was doing a great job. And as you mentioned, he was doing a great job on defense as well. Um, so,
1: there's yeah, there could be some kind of interesting – because, like, I don't know, Torrey Craig just seems like – game one he had, some, he had some flashes, but he got in foul trouble early, and it really took him out of his game. And that was a lot of why Donovan Mitchell was able to go off – this game he kind of disappeared. And I'm not I'm really entirely sure what's going on there. Like they could really use his defense against these perimeter
0: shooters, but it just doesn't seem to be there right now. The um, the perimeter is the hard thing. It goes back to what I was saying like I don't know if this is them just being hot from the perimeter and then everything else collapses in the game or or if it's that we have serious problems and like you're kind of saying we need to find some sort of solution to either improve our play or to swap a player out. I wonder
1: if there's some way to, to just go crazy long on these guys.
0: Well, yeah. See, and, like and so, as
1: a way of just where, where you're, you could, you know, you can close out like you're, you know, being right up on guys or being physical or, or fighting through screens isn't as important because you, every single guy on your team has seven inches on the dude shooting.
0: Well, the thing is like, they're going long. They've got Joe Ingles yeah. at the shooting guard spot now and Royce O'Neill at the small forward. That's true. So their shooting guard is six eight. So and they only get taller from there. Yeah. So so it would be really interesting to me to see. Um, I I think I'd actually be more interested in Grant at the two than the three, and and seeing Murray on uh, generally on Mitchell and and Grant on Ingles, and you could even kind of switch that up a little bit. Um, one, one person, yeah, there's a
1: lot of switches anyway, so right? It but but it's then, not like, you stay on one guy the whole time but, anyway.
0: But then, when you've got Royce O'Neal at the three and Juwan Morgan at the four, you know, having mm-hmm. MPJ at the three and Millsap at the four that seems to make sense to me. Like, I mean,
1: at this point, I would almost be tempted to even bring in Bull Bull at the four, just I mean, because that's another guy that can shoot much more incredible length. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting point. idea. You have this whole team of like six, 10 guys and or above and Murray. I, um, I think there's some I mixing
0: know. in there. I, I think, I think there's definitely some possibility for mixing bowl, bowl in there. The thing that you start to run into is, you know, the, the wall that we're already up against right now is it seemed like Michael Porter jr. And he mentioned this after the game um, didn't really um, know what his role was on offense I, I'm using mm-hmm. harsher words than than need be, but it was kind of like he was watching the the Jokic-Murray two-man game go on and was just kind of, of yeah. sitting back and, and just, you know, seeing if they wanted to include him. And then he said – he, he talked in, about in, being
1: more assertive." Right,
0: right. And so if that's what we're dealing with, where our third option is feeling that, you know, I don't know what we're going to get out of our fourth option if Bull, Bull is being brought in for for his offense – so I, I, but I do wonder if there's some mixing and matching to be done there where, uh, you know, um, MPJ sits and bowl comes in or something like that.
1: This may be a little premature. Like I think in, in the future, I think this is where, where it's going. I think we're going to see Bull play alongside Jokic. I don't think the plan is just have him be like a, a backup center for Jokic. I, I think we're going to see him on the court with Jokic. I didn't foresee a some future
0: point. in that. Just, just before I saw him play in the bubble um, uh-huh. because again, we just got done talking way too long, losing half of our listeners about how, <laughs> how important I feel covering spaces next to Jokic. And the last person you want for that is bull. Cause he's just going to stand there like a pole and sure. He'll do a great job guarding the rim, but but
1: he's so tall that he can make up for nah, it. It doesn't like, work. It doesn't I work
0: think. like that. You still get guys with uncontested shots from, even if they're 10 foot shots, instead of a layup, or, you know, it, it's but 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 what I'm trying to say is um I I didn't realize his ability just how good he was on offense and and that yeah, depending on matchups the ability to guard space isn't quite as important like in this matchup. We are not worried about mm-hmm. Juwan Morgan's role in the paint. We're not worried about Royce O'Neill's role in the paint.
1: Right. They are exclusively killing the Nuggets from the three-point line.
0: That's that's how... Yeah. like I almost feel like when we talk about this Jazz game, and and we're probably never going to talk about this one again, we should only talk about the first half. Like That's all that really matters unless you want to talk about MPJ coming alive in the second half. Mm -hmm. The first half was really perimeter play beating us, and it was guys hitting shots where they honestly shouldn't have been knocking these shots down. Yeah, that's...
1: To me, the long and the short of it is that when we put the cap on this game, which would be a good way to wrap up this first question about whether Grant should start in three. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, The jazz just got bonkers from three. Like it was just an absurd shooting performance that they cannot possibly repeat. If they do repeat it enough times to win this series, then you just tip your cap and you say, yeah, if a team shoots 55% from three point, we're going to lose. Period. It's just like there's no defense for that. And if they continue to do that, they will beat every team in the league. I don't think they can continue that. I, I, don't, I don't think like Donovan Mitchell is due for uh, a nine for, for 30 game. Uh, Joe Ingles is due for a one from seven from three. Right. Game like it, it's coming and they got in some ways. It's kind of nice that the Nuggets were able to survive a 57 point game from Mitchell and get the win. And now they, they they got shellacked on a night where all of their shooters were hot at the same time, which is kind of sweet. Uh, maybe they all sort of got it out of their system, and the next game they're going to all be cold at the same time. Right. I don't know, but if if every, if one person's going to get crazy hot, I'd rather their whole team get crazy hot. I guess and get that out of the way, and it's, and then we can move on. To
0: speak to like game planning, I it I thought it was a good game plan to let Donovan try and be the only source of shooting in that first game and sure enough mm-hmm. you saw all the other guys not shooting well and they not yeah, like and they, I think they
1: may go back to that not that just they, let
0: donovan F60 right right and in this one we saw what happened um and donovan Mitchell even brought up in his post game interview that um he kind of like realized that he started need needing to use the guys around him and not do everything himself and I always feel like those post game interviews are just coaches speaking through a player's mouth. Uh-huh. Like that, that's what really felt like it solidified to me. Oh, okay. Their game plan was strongly, yeah. you know, um, Snyder sat him down and said, um, you gotta get your move the team, ball
1: teammates involved. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and, and so something I thought was, that was really interesting was, um, I was listening to, um, um, oh my goodness, uh, Roger Bell's uh, podcast and he was talking about in their series with Kobe where the game plan would even change throughout the series. Like, the game plan would be let Kobe beat you and shut everybody else down and that would win you a game. And then, and then all of a sudden it just wouldn't win you the next game. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's like, there's an organicness to it where it's not just one solution is the answer. Like, Oh, that's how you beat the Lakers. Just let let Kobe win it. It just happened to be that for that first game, the game plan works. And for the second game, the exact same game plan didn't work. And then you have to kind of pivot from there. And it kind of feels like we might wind up seeing more of this like slobber knocker where it's each team changing a game plan up as they move through this. And what worked in game one might not work in game five, even if it's executed the exact same way.
1: Yeah, Jamal Murray basically said as much uh, tonight afterward. He said they made some adjustments. Now it's our turn to make some adjustments. I mean, this was it was a punch punch Mm counterpunch thing. It was uh, the Nuggets landed the first shot. Um, in some ways, they took the what well, I thought was that they took the Jazz's best shot with Mitchell going bonkers, right? Uh, and they survived it. And then, right. I, I was really expecting a blowout in, in this game. That's the right. Team, where I thought I was Mitchell at. would come back to earth, and yeah, and, and I thought this would be a runaway for the Nuggets. Obviously, not what happened. The Jazz made some big adjustments. They went crazy from three uh, again. I don't. It's hard to know how much of that is a fluke and how much of that's repeatable. The Jazz are the best shooting three point team in the league, so it's not. It's not like. They're not capable of having multiple games where they shoot 45% from three. That's possible. Usually in the playoffs, you expect those percentages to come back a little bit. Right. That you're usually going to shoot a little bit worse in the playoffs. They're shooting better right now. So, and the Nuggets are too, for that matter. So, it's really it's really just too early to tell. All we know from this game really is that the Jazz are very dangerous when you let them stand around and shoot three-pointers wide open
0: well they can and be the nuggets have got
1: to do something yeah they can right <laughs>
0: right let's if not say that they will them. But that's essentially do their game
1: i mean if they're not hitting their threes they don't have much else to go to you know you're right. not scared right. of Gobert in the paint right you're not you're not scared of royce O'Neal down low he had nine points tonight on three three pointers right that's her power forward right so yeah it's um it's too early to really yeah make a lot of judgment calls here about if the nuggets have problems but i I mean i'm definitely i'm definitely concerned that the nuggets are going to run into some buzzsaw here that's just shooting lights out for a whole series i really hope that's not what's happening here
0: All right, so so let's move on. That that takes us to the next point. Burst my bubble, Gary Harris could be the one to turn this whole series around.
1: Oh, big Gary Harris fan. You know it. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna burst that bubble,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> guys. Okay, we need some real talk about about Harris. Um, there's a lot of people on Twitter today saying stuff like this is why we need Gary Harris. Yes, that's true. In theory, the problem is Gary Harris at the moment probably isn't Gary, the Gary Harris you're thinking of from two years ago. If he was the Gary Harris from two years ago, then yeah, like Gary Harris coming back healthy and plugging him into the starting lineup and having a lockdown perimeter defender is would be the ticket right now. And a guy shooting 40% from three would really help. But that's not really who he is. And he has been hurt off and on so much the last couple of years and this lingering hip thing that he has. I, I just see, I think it's very, very unlikely that we even see him this series. If we do see him, I just can't imagine that he's going to have any kind of impact with how much time he's missed. He's just going to be too rusty and he wasn't shooting well for the last year and a half anyway. So to imagine this white knight coming in and knocking down shots and playing lockdown defense after he hasn't played for five months, I I just don't see it. I think it's I think you're being really hopeful if you're hanging your hat on 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 that sort of a story.
0: Yeah, and it's one thing to to um longingly flitter your thoughts back to Gary Harris of two years ago. Even Gary Harris of four months ago. Who was overcoming all the injuries and had tarnished his reputation for who he might actually be? Even that version of him, as you're kind of pointing out, might not be available to us. Um, to be honest, I was kind of shocked that we had these injuries because Harris was not injured when the season was canceled. I know it's really weird, and
1: <sighs> and Barton's had this mysterious sore knee yeah. for like three weeks, yeah. which unless you're a sixty year old man, you don't have a sore knee for three weeks.
0: Right. Like, and actually the NBA just changed their rule on, on right. how you can classify somebody's injury and and it's very likely that Barton and how the, the Nuggets were classifying him um had a large part to to play in that. Um, so who knows what we wind up finding out in the next, you know, weeks or, or months to follow. But um yeah. So, I mean, to the question, I, I do think I think there's potential for Gary Harris to come in and to impact it. I don't think it's that much. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see what he has to offer. You know, if, would you start him? I would. I, I, well, I mean, it com- would come down to health. You know, if he went through a practice um, or even, you know, like a, I mean, let's a say health practice. isn't the
1: concern, but he just he hasn't played.
0: Right. If, if he looked good to me and I'm the coach, I I would put him in as a starter. Yep. Um, of course I'd monitor everything extremely closely, but just something you and I have talked about is, is, or, or maybe I, I was just brought this up on social media, but um, this is a guy who knows his players. He's been with these guys for years now, Malone, and, and he's going to roll with it because he feels that he can um, he's got something reliable in these guys and so unless there's something unless you're watching Harris in practice and you see him limping and you see him being slow to do things um it, unless you see that i think if you're Malone you're going to put him in because this is the guy you've rolled with for the past 4 or 5 years and you've seen how he responds to injury and you see you've seen what you can expect from him so i i think he would put him in um but we're talking about a black box here like So, so the best I can offer is I do think Harris would potentially impact this. I think particularly on Mitchell, you know, at this point you're just looking for a guy to almost just kind of tire Mitchell out because, you know, the, I had the idea of, well, if nobody can guard Mitchell, it was after the first game, we saw guy after guy just whiff on Mitchell. I was like, well then screw it. Let Murray at least rise to the challenge. It'll be good for his, you know, growth or whatever to take it on his leadership. Um, but then uh, Reed Howard, uh, with with the Stiffs, pointed out, "Well, you're going to wind up with a really tired Murray if you do that." And I yeah. actually really like that point. So to be able to have a guy like Harris, maybe actually more than anybody, a you know eighty percent Harris probably could do something against Mitchell, and then you're not worried about wear, wearing him out for his offense because you're probably not wanting him to shoot much anyway. So, I I think yeah, there's some point. some potential to impact it. Again, not much, and yeah, and this is optimistic to even say that we'd have eighty percent version of Gary Harris out there. So,
1: yeah, it's not like they're going to be getting some all star back. I know that's how some people kind of still see him. He still could become that player again. I mean, I I'm not I'm not saying Gary Harris's career is over, but. He really could is be, not showing. It could it be. It could be. He, I mean, he really is not showing the ability to stay healthy for an entire NBA season, we, and, and to be a contributor in a, in a playoff run. He's just his health is so fragile, uh, and it always has been.
0: It's very I possible. Not, that I don't know what's going to change that. We've seen him play his last game as a Nugget. It's also it's possible. a Very weird yeah. thought, but it's it's not, you know, it's not impossible. And well, and MPJ be will
1: be starting next year on this team uh, there's only five starting spots yeah. and you can't pay, you can't pay Will Barton and Gary Harris, you know, well, you 15, can next 18 year. million million.
0: We don't have to pay MPJ. You don't,
1: yet. You don't want to right.
0: <laughs>
1: right. uh for a bench guy. So uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty likely he's one of the two of them is going to be gone. It's probably going to be Harris I, for, for nothing. I, I don't
0: know. I think best uh, because also the salaries match up that the timing is impeccable by the time we need to pay MPJ Gary Harris will be on his last year of his contract in at like 18 million I think he'll be at in his last year I, for, I forget don't quote me on that it's going to be somewhere between like 17 and 19 um mm-hmm. that's a a very tradable piece um for teams wanting to make uh make a move and clear cap space um oh, at yeah. the end of that season so um I'm not confident. I I think it's very possible that we hang on to these guys. Heck, we just paid Paul Millsap another 30 million to to hang around. Um I think it's very possible Boy is here and again. Very possible that we hold um, on to um to Harris for another year and partners no, for No, it's, it's it's worth.
1: definitely possible. I just I think the Nuggets will be looking to move to move him. Yeah, um, looking. Yeah. So we kind of have already discussed this, but I guess just to put a fine point on it, are the Nuggets in trouble?
0: Um, burst, burst your bubble. So, so your bubble is that the Nuggets are in trouble, and you want me to burst it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I guess to follow yeah, the rules of the game. Yeah, sorry. I'll burst it. I'll burst it because we just saw this team shoot fifty-eight percent from the three, and when it was the last time we saw a team do that even two games in a row? Um, I this shooting will not remain. And you know, once you take the icing off the cake, you're down to to what something truly has to offer. And I think at the core, we're we're we have more value. I hate to say it that injuries play a role here. You know, a fully a fully healthy jazz team, they might actually take this this series, I think. Um and I hate the fact that maybe we win this series it's just because of here. injuries um but i I honestly believe that we're we're still the better team, and um that their shooting was temporary and and that we're we're still going to take the series so i'm i'm that's my burst of your bubble, and who knows but Conley yeah. come back comes back in and maybe he <laughs> plays the same card as he did when he first came back in for the jazz and just completely disrupts everything that was going on. who knows <laughs> uh, probably this is the perfect kind of scenario actually have somebody come into
1: a hot shooting team on the starting lineup right. might be totally rusty. Um, and Conley's been up and down this year. It's not like he's been a stud all year. I mean, he can be good, but
0: yeah, but he, uh, unfortunately more he's up, at that point in his career, he, he, he was just trending up um, pretty strongly the past, you know, or the, the two months before the season ended. We'll see. Um,
1: yeah. For the record, I, I don't, Think the Nuggets are in trouble. That wasn't really my personal bubble. It was the, the Digs bubble. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, I'm really feeling like this team is missing Will Barton. Oh, I completely agree. And it's it's a combination of things. It's I I really think it's a lot of it is just his his sort of locker room presence and his leadership. Uh, it, the team <laughs> just kind of like today they're hearing you say that. I know it's the craziest <laughs> thing in the world, but I've come full circle on it. Well, I mean I was I was full circle on Barton like in November of this year. So Yeah, but just the I, fact uh, you're talking about his crow leadership that. that was the but, one yeah, no, thing seriously. that killed you the most
0: when people would talk about Barton back when he wasn't playing well is the leadership but, um, that he brought. And you hated right, that well. Yeah, I hated it because I
1: thought he was still terrible. Yeah. So but but he was kind of I, I know. I'm right there with you. Uh, it's
0: just still funny. Yeah.
1: To me. Yeah, leadership doesn't it gets overblown. People people think like if you're a good leader, you can be a bad basketball player. That's not true. Um, you still have to be a good basketball player to be on the court. Uh unless you're like one of those guys like, like you know, Richard Jefferson or somebody who's just like riding the bench, never plays, but they can provide some like you know, jokes. some wisdom, <laughs> some jokes. Um, But uh, he has a podcast, by the way. Go ahead and shout out The Dig. There you go. RJ. <laughs> um, I'll make sure to tag him in our apples. Yeah. But... The uh, whole episode uh, talking yeah, I just, about... I, I felt like today... This was the kind of game today that I think Will Barton would have made a big difference. Like, he would have taken it more, like, personally, what the Jazz were doing to them from behind the arc. He's also a really capable perimeter defender Um, by some accounts, he's their best one-on-one perimeter defender or by some metrics from. Yeah. One-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, we've talked about this over the years, like uh, about him being a better fit at shooting guard uh, instead of small forward because of that. And I think, you know, if he was playing shooting guard right now, I don't know. I I just, there was something missing today. There was, I, I don't know what it was. Jokic had a good game, but he just didn't, I don't know. It wasn't all working for him. The, the ball was definitely not popping. His assists are down in this series. And it's just, he, he just doesn't seem like he's getting a lot of help. It's kind of one-on-one Jokic doing his thing, which is still superstar quality, but it's not really his game. Like he doesn't look right. active activated when he's, when he's just sort of taking Gobert in the post one-on-one. Right. That's just not, that's not what he wants to be doing. And he was sort of doing it because he had to, um, and so I don't know somebody like Barton, I think just would have provided some sort of a, a spark of, of leadership, some, some attitude on the court today that was missing. Even just and knowing that it may have not made better. a difference, but I I just think I was just something that I noticed.
0: Like it was good. There was kind of a hole on that team in this game. Like I, I think if, you know, Barton is going to be the guy who, who knows how to move, who knows how to move when he doesn't have the ball. Um, and then who knows how to cut, and those are all things that can be extremely useful around Jokic. And as much as Michael Porter Jr. is kind of like the the next coming of you know the Nuggets savior, um, he kind of was the first half anyway, like a bump on the log out there. And maybe it would have been good just for, to to sling it out to him, him just staying up there in the corner and and have him take a shot at it. That's just not the way that a clicking offense, especially the Nuggets, the Jokic office works. And Or at least
1: if, if, he, if MPJ is doing that, you need somebody else who's not doing Like you need some cutters. You need other guys moving.
0: Well, yeah. Like, so you got you got Murray. And that's what I'm saying is like, you know, if if it was Barton out there at the three, you know, we, I feel like we'd probably see a healthy. Um, yeah. Or at the two, we'd see a healthy, you know, Murray, Jokic, Barton moving around. Um, that that that's the normal thing that we expect to see and maybe michael Porter jr can can take um the next step and maybe that it's out there for him and maybe that's why he also felt like he was out of sync and just watching yokich and murray if he's able to find a way to start you know cutting more I, I don't know if this is honestly this is like time of working with the coach in practice and things like that and there's just none of that mm-hmm. time right now right um but if something clicks there where all of a sudden you get a lot of um off ball movement from Michael Porter Jr. on offense. There's definitely some potential there. I mean, there's not yeah, he's a not better cutter on our he, team than he is when he cuts. Right.
1: Yeah, he's no, he's very elite when he when he does cut. He just he he will stand around at the three point line sometimes. But the I, I kind of put part of that really on on Murray and Yokochi. Know, we really didn't talk about this, but Murray did not have a great follow-up to game one. Right. He was spectacular in game one. Right. But he basically was sleepwalking through two and a half quarters of this game. And by then it was too late.
0: And again, like uh, he it's was just, a little he harsh. was non-existent in the first half. It's a little harsh. Like, you know, overall, he's still he's still shot. I don't well. say he was
1: terrible. I, when I say sleepwalking, I don't mean that he, he wasn't doing anything. I mean, he wasn't assertive. He was like he was just sort of going through the motions in the first half. I felt like uh-huh. um, he didn't seem like he was an aggressor, like he was taking charge of the team, like he was leading the offense. And the other – because part of what happened was, and this was kind of an odd choice, uh, but they started going to the two-man game like
0: really early. Yeah, really early. Yeah, that's what they – Really early. They were trying to chip away at the Jazz, and it was kind of working. So it's almost like enticing to continue doing, but they were constantly playing for position, the two of them, and trying to just chip closer and closer and get to a good shot. And it it just kind of wound up leaving the rest of the offense out there.
1: Yeah, I think that's why he was feeling kind of out of sync and not really sure what his role was because they just weren't they weren't kind of running their standard offense. They kind of went to the late game offense. Uh which uh, MPJ still could have done done. Right. We can't expect more too with much that, from him. But it's right. I mean, the guy's a rookie. We're we're already like he had twenty eight points tonight on ten of seventeen shooting. Like he's doing fine right. for, for what he's being asked to do. Uh, it's on Murray and Jokic to get him involved,
0: and and that could have that could really be the spark. We saw it quick. Um, I made the, the improper statement that maybe Michael Porter Jr. is just the sixth man; it should just be the sixth man because he caught absolute fire against the bench unit. And right when I t- texted that, uh, it turns out that the starters had already come in, and he just he just kept being on fire Torched with the him. starters in and so maybe you know it's very possible that 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 was the moment that we needed and maybe that's way more important to our playoffs here than gain a win tonight would have been if yeah i mean if in an ideal world 4 minutes but, that he was on fire with the starters starts something ignites something that we're able to carry throughout the rest of the playoffs i mean that could be absolutely huge
1: yeah totally i mean in an ideal world you uh mpJ would be the sixth man right now right like I, th- I think that would have been the ideal role for him in his first playoffs was you you have your normal starting unit Harrison Bartner out there and you have mpJ coming in against a bench unit that is nobody's bench is equipped to handle him right and he could just go to town he can shoot as much as he wants uh you got Plumlee running around chasing after his rebounds like <laughs> it, 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 it would have been a great. I'm assuming well, Plumley does do something, right? I, I, I'm kind of struggling to figure out what that is right now. Yeah, but I, as far as I understand, that's something he can do. Um, <laughs> that's a little harsh, but he's been pretty bad. Uh, but it, we don't live in that in that reality right now. And Michael Porter Jr. has got to man up, right? Like, this is uh, this is his time. Like he's he's getting invaluable experience. I think he's playing. I think he's doing everything you can ask of, of a rookie, and not somebody who hasn't even played like a full season of of NBA basketball. Um, I mean, remember he wasn't even playing for the first couple of months of the season, right? So we're we're talking about a guy that is so green, and what he's doing in a tough playoff matchup is is actually pretty remarkable. And he's gonna he's just gonna keep developing, but um, and we don't have that that ideal scenario, so we're, we're uh, going to have to go with what we have.
0: I like, like we said earlier, I kind of feel not mad after this one, but if we lose mm-hmm. the next one, I'm going to be I'm gonna. I'm gonna be sad. Not. I'm gonna skip right over mad and go right to sad. I. I will be yeah. worried if we lose another one.
1: Yeah, I don't have any. Right after this, this year's beaten, has has beaten any kind of like anger out of me. I just. I just get sad. All right. Well, we're gonna be on a break for a couple of weeks. I'm gonna be out of town. Uh, getting some uh, much needed R and R in a socially distanced environment but feel free to do the dig without me, Jeremy. Yeah, I'm going to do a lot of it. Have a lot on.